Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and you are in the right place because today it's going to be a really cool episode. This is a series I'm doing. Uh, I don't know what to fancy term to call it yet, but I think I'm just going to call it the Podcast Coaching Call Series. And uh, where what I like to do is I love talking to other investors that are already, you know, it's it, everybody that I've done this with so far is either, you know, just getting started or maybe they're already doing deals. Some of them are doing a bunch of deals already. And, uh, but it's just a chance to kind of, you know, open the door and show you kind of what goes on in a typical coaching call that I have with my clients and stuff like that. So you can kind of get a taste, but you know, you're also going to get a lot of value out of these calls because you're learning what I think the main way it helps people. And I'm hoping this is my hope is that it helps you think higher. It helps you aim higher and not limit yourself to kind of where you are now, but help you kind of gives you encouragement maybe to shoot higher, right? And to do better in your business, not necessarily make more money, do more deals, but just be better, uh, have a better business where you're not working as hard and uh, you're automating and process, you have processes in place and you have systems and, and you're not wasting money on ineffective marketing. That's kind of my goal to have a more efficient business, right? Um, and throughout these podcasts, my theme is always try to, in the back of my mind, is more along the lines of marketing, automation, and delegation. Like, I think those are the three keys to success in any business, marketing, automation, and delegation. And so, when you're listening to this stuff, just be thinking of, um, of that, of what you're learning here, hopefully in those terms. Okay, cool. So, uh, great. Now, we've got a great guest today. His name is Brad Donnelly. And uh, Brad from St. Louis. Go Cardinals. Go Cardinals. Office buddies. Almost yes. office buddies. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a new office here in St. Louis right now. And so um, there's a place across the street from Brad uh, that I might be looking at today or tomorrow. So that'll be cool. You know, Brad, I first met you a while ago, but uh, you were interviewed. I, I heard you on an interview with Matt Terrio from the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got started. I got I got started through him going through, listening to his podcast, and I uh-huh. picked up with him one-on-one. That was about, shoot, that's five, five years ago now, no 2013. Way. Are you kidding me? Yeah, my first deal was March 6, 2015. Oh, wow. th- sorry, 2013. Holy smokes. I was doing a part-time until about the end of 2014, and then I started full-time 2015. So I guess the older you get, the... Um faster time flies by. That's kind of depressing. <laughs> it is. You can't get time back. <laughs> no, but cool. All right, Brad. So tell us a little bit about your business and uh, kind of what are you doing now? And then uh, just make it brief, but I want to talk about the one or two things you're hoping to accomplish on this call. Uh, so I am uh, I'm a wholesale business. We did 80 deals last in 2017. Um, just the numbers we wholesaled six, about 60, about 64 of them. We kept 10, we fixed and flipped seven to eight. And I bought one and sold one on a loan. 
I know these numbers because I just met with my CPA yesterday. So I guess we flipped 65 because we sold one on a loan, like owner finance. I want to do more of um, lending and uh, wholesaling lending and then fix and flips this year. I don't want to hold as much in 2018, but yeah, I do pretty much all four. I fix and flip, wholesale, um, I hold, uh, buy and hold rentals, and I lend short-term financing through my you know, 401k. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I guess what I want to accomplish is I want uh, better automation, really. Uh, we're, we have seven people on staff now, and um, I'm still kind of a field general. I like being the field general. Like I like to be the the guy that comes into the office, sets the tone for the week, gives the kind of the overview of what we need to accomplish. Well, really my biggest attributes is being in the field, you know, dealing with people because, you know, out of the personality test, that's what I'm very good at is people. And you enjoy uh, doing that? I do enjoy, I mean, obviously everything has its negatives, but I do enjoy success through people. That's, I've always, I've always been, you know, that's always been my strongest trait. I'm not necessarily the greatest at it, but I like to motivate. That's the, I mean, that's the motivator's best thing. My, yeah, I can do 40 deals myself, but can I get and coach other people to do 40 deals themselves so I can do 120 deals? So what I'm trying to accomplish is more automation. And secondly, really how to say no to people if they're sucking my time for, you know, if they're asking for help, you know, how, how do I politely and tactfully say, I can't help you because you just want my time mm-hmm. and you're not, you know, you're not contributing back. It's not symbiotic relationship. You know, you're not contributing back to my goals. You just want help from me. So I guess that's, those are the two biggest things. Yeah. I mean, obviously then you want the golden nugget of what's the best marketing plan, how to get these deals. Nobody's going to, you know, but nobody's going to share that because, you know, but yeah, those are the main two things that I want. So, uh, you wrote down on here, your current monthly revenue is about 30 grand. Is that right? No, it's not right. That w- it's about uh, 80 to 110. Okay. Cause I thought that sounded low. Maybe this was a weekly. <laughs> is that what you're thinking? The question was weekly. No, I just don't think I was being truthful at the moment. And you know, <laughs> okay. I don't, I mean, so is your goal, like ultimately though, is it to make more income? Is that why you want to um, do more lending, more fix and flips, or you just, you just want to do something different? Something different, uh-huh. something different. And I think like you, we got to go, we got to go with the flow of the market. Sure. And I don't think that the flow of the market right now is buying hold. There's a lot of opportunities in St. Louis for buy and hold, but I like a certain type of product. I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm a niche buy and hold guy and and I did a you know what I think the best way for that niche you know I like I like St. Charles County that's what I like I like St. Charles County that's all I buy and hold hmm. and um I think that the better in the short term is the better to f- fix them up sell them or fix them up and not not fix them up but wholesale them out and lend against them you know, as a buy it for a hundred, sell it for 120, you just carry the entire note of 120. So I think that that is, I just, I want to back off a little bit of buying a hold and getting my lending business up 
Okay. And because I use my own funds, that's what a lot of people already get. I just use my own funds. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been approached by people to, you know, here, here's quarter million dollars. You know, it's like, I'm a guy that does everything. Like I'm a handshake guy, but I like to put everything in paper. Like if I'm going to take someone's quarter million dollars, I'm going to make sure it's being lent out properly. So it's just, I just haven't, I just haven't had the bandwidth yet to set all that up. Looking at your answers, I got more of the feeling that you wanted to scale and grow and build a big team. But you're saying, are you saying you just want to, you want better automation and kind of change maybe not as much buy and hold, but changing your business to do more lending and flicks and flips, right? Right. Okay. I will scale as the automation once like it steps, once the, once the, you know, once you get the point, you know, this step and you're automated fully over the step, let's scale again. So it's, it's like, yeah, I, I can afford to drop 50,000 pieces of mail today, but do I have the automation and staff to support 50,000? So yeah. they're, they're congruent. So sure. parallel, that's a better word. You know, it's, as soon as we can realize we can drop 50,000 pieces of mail and um, let's do it. Do you feel like, um, you're, cause you're doing really well financially, but you've got seven people on staff. Do you feel like you're running pretty efficiently or do you feel like you could be doing better? with the staff that you have? I feel like we could be doing better with the staff that we can, that we have, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording, we use Podio Voxer and a Facebook group messenger to communicate. So I think me keeping it simple on that is kind of helpful because I'm not having to check multiple medias to find out messages. I just think we need, I think we could be better is because we can just educate ourselves on this changing market. We're constantly like, you know, one big thing is what ifs is what's the president going to do with rolling back regulation um, on the lending business and the mortgage business. And see, he's already doing it, but it's like, and and why is that important with us? Because when you get into like the B areas, like the working class areas, where like here is fluorescent. Yeah, that's a, everybody Google fluorescent now. Um, that that's a retail area. Those are nice houses. Yeah, but for the longest time, it's been a distressed area because people have been laid off. Now, with people getting back to work and lending restrictions easing up, those are going to become retail again. So it's just educating the staff that whereas you know from 2010 to 2016, those were only buy and holds properties now they're becoming retail again so we've got to start looking at them differently you know we were just talking about that at the uh, local mastermind that i run which by the way why on earth don't you come to that so uh, the last one i was <laughs> i was out of town and this uh-huh. one on friday no i swear you can ask my wife she's the boss uh friday we had a meet with our attorney because we're setting up our tr- we set up our trust like Last Friday? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it was last Friday. Yeah, we met with our attorney. So Well, you're you're invited to come to the next one. How's that? I will. I I promise that's gonna that segue into my 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 need about the second thing. It's just people like I go with like I go to I'm not I'm not like you know, maybe I'm a pretty low key person. I go to a mastermind group and I'm going to learn. Like I like the speaker. But it's like, as you know, if you go to a master, Joe McCall goes to a mastermind group, everybody's saying, Lewis flocks to Joe McCall. 
because it's like Jesus in the flesh, not really Jesus, but I, I don't mean to say that, but it's like, oh my gosh, this is this guy's name, but let me talk to him. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm there for to listen to Mr. Speaker. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. there to let's network, you know, on another day, but I'm, you know, you're so people at a high level are so damn focused that we come across as we're so focused, we come across as like, well, this guy might be this or this guy, might, but it's not, it's not our agenda whatsoever. It's just like, we're so like tractor beam focused on, this is what we're going to do at the meeting. This is what we're going to accomplish. Yeah. Um, but, well, uh, we, we, we uh, promise not to, uh, we only got like 10 or 12 guys to come to this thing. It's not like it's, we're going to, we're going to crowd you and flock to you. And, um, you know, but anyway, you're going to like that. I don't mean it like that. I guess I came across this the wrong way again, Brad. I just need to stop digging. Right. No, no, you're, you're, you're good, man. You're just welcome to come because we were talking. The reason I brought that up is we were talking about fluorescent specifically and kind of, where the future of the market is. And I think this is true for a lot of markets across the U S there's these neighborhoods that um, are a lot more affordable. You know, there are homes in the, like in St. Louis, a hundred to $120,000 price range. Right. And some people are bullish and some people are bearish on those neighborhoods. And I'm very bullish on them. I, I'm very optimistic that those areas um, are not going to be in 10 years. The really uh, the kind of rundown areas, you know, that are really beat up and stuff like that. I, I, th- I see as, as, as a trend, people going more to affordable housing, but anyway, I wanted to ask you, Brad, like you were, you're talking about um, getting into more lending, more fix and flips, getting better automation, simplifying things. Uh, why, why do you want that stuff? It's easier. Uh-huh. It's cleaner. You can automate it. You can scale it. Lending, fix and let me tell you, let's talk about lending. Lending is easier to scale and it fits our wholesaling business. It's like we wholesale it out or we keep it in house, sell it to our other lending company, and then we lend it out. It's just more of a streamline. Fix and flip is because I do, I mean, I, I know people listen to it. I believe in the, the vision of the, of the, of the, of the, of the jobs uh-huh. part of the economy. I think that we're in a good run, just fundamentally of it. We're, in a, we're going to be in a very good run for 18 to 24 months. And I think that right now, like if I buy a house in Florissant, for, let's say, it, let's talk about Florissant again, why I'm fixing to flip it. Yeah. If I buy a house in Florissant for $55,000, it's worth one twenty, one thirty all day long. That is a very good deal. Uh, three to 1,250 square feet. Yeah. $105, $110 a square foot retail. I wholesale that out. I might get 60 grand for it at the most 62. Whereas if I keep it and rehab it, yeah, there's more risk. I get it. But if I push those deal sizes up to 25 to 30,000, let's say 120 minus 30,000 in rehab. Yeah. Yeah. About 20 to 30,000. I'm at my four and five times multiplier. Why like, not so. just, why not hold it and rent it? Keep it long-term. That's an option. I just, I just only bought personally. That's a great, if the people listen to this, do that all day long, people, you know, but <laughs> I only buy St. Charles County. 
Ah. That's my Missouri plan says St. Charles County is going to be the biggest county in Missouri by 2025. Like, I love how you're focusing like that and just you're, you're doggedly determined to not deviate from that because that's awesome. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk you into buying and holding rental properties in Florissant. Just trying to get a feel for like, is, is your ultimate goal to, you know, quit working in five years and have 20 grand in passive income from your rentals or something like that? I think my ultimate goal is just ability to do whatever that, that's how I am. I'm kind of, I'm, you've known me for about five, six years now. I'm kind of a cavalier just to do whatever the hell I want to do. I couldn't see, I can't see you sitting around doing nothing. I know that's the thing, but I don't have to work. I'm not going to do nothing because I'm not like, I don't even have TV in my house anymore. Charter, uh, Spectrum, it stopped working. I threw the damn thing out my window when it was nice out. Oh, I wanted to do that about every day for the last 10 years. Oh my, it's, but it's not, I'm not going to do anything. It's just, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do, yeah. you know, whatever the hell I want to do. I, right. I, I mean, I, I, and I like real estate. I like real estate. Do I like it the most? No, I like the scuba dive the most. Outside of family and stuff like that, everybody loves their family. Well, I sure. hope everybody loves their family, but um, I love my family. Outside of family, I like hobbies. I like the scuba. And if anybody's listening that likes the scuba, that's gotten over 250 dives in, that's me. I mean, I'm an advanced wow. diver. So. Do you dive here in St. Louis? Uh, no, I, I have never dove in St. Louis outside of like a, you know, like a swimming pool inside, like for training. Yeah. Wow. We should talk about that sometime. I'd, I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah. But let me ask you, Brad, how many hours a week are you working right now? I'm working quite a bit. So I work probably 50 because I'm bringing on uh, a new sales guy. Do you really and need to work that much? I don't like financially, no. But where, I, where our goals for the year and once I get this gentleman trained and my, this VA trained, I'll probably scale back 25 to 30 just because there's so much. I really am working a lot because I'm setting up a system, the training system, where it's like plug and play, follow the videos. What? Isn't there somebody else that already has a system like that you can just give to them? I mean, I'm thinking of a few different people that we both know, but like, why do you have to create the system? There's tons of courses and gurus out there that have sales training and real estate training. You can, can't you just give them some of those courses and programs? Well, how am I going to sell that to people when I, when I get down the road? I oh, so you want it. something you can sell yourself. Is that what you're Correct. saying? Correct. Yeah. That's, ah, okay. that's proprietary information, my own data that I can sell. I just not, a, it's, it's like leaving the door open. We leaving the door open. If I do ever launch, you know, like a, a coaching program or if I ever take on a, a student, I, and which is, I don't do so much anymore, but if I did, it's like, this is proprietary. This is, um, and like, we record everything, like all our outgoing phone calls, incoming phone calls, all our, our weekly meetings. Like we had a, an hour and a half leads meeting yesterday. We recorded um, everything. Like my Dropbox files, huge. Huh. So it's like, and so like we, we started the VA in November and, um, I had him listen to probably 30 hours of sales calls from our team. Wow. And um, good for you. Yeah, it helps out a lot. And it's not so much like it's you keep track of the quality, too, because that's the key. It's like 
Whereas like he can take the better he gets, you know, the, the less phone calls he has to take to get a deal or set up a deal. And okay. um, Brad, then let me, let me kind of go back to just to summarize what I, the notes I'm taking, right? You want to do more lending, more fix and flips. You want some better automation scaling the right way. Okay. Um, you got seven people on staff. You're the field general. You enjoy being in the field. Your success is with people. You like being the one who talks to sellers. You still go on seller appointments, right? Uh, January 1st, I have, I'm not going on seller appointments anymore. Okay. I used to, yeah, as of last year, like I bought a house December 24th. That's my last appointment, the last house I bought. Okay. We bought three houses this year. I have not gone on those appointments. Cool. I'll go on them and improve the sale. Like as like the bank, mm-hmm. because ultimately, if we're buying it and flipping it, we, I have to. But so how, how many acquisition managers do you have? So I have I have two and a half, and the half is someone that's in training. Okay. So I have two full timers, and these are I'm, guys that go on appointments, right? Yeah, and I'm the overflow person. Cool. I'm like I'm like the vice president. I decide the tie. So if everyone's booked, I'll go on the appointment. Vice president. Yeah. Okay. Like You're the Mike Pence of real estate. Yeah, I'm the Mike Pence. It's like, oh gosh. All uh, right. So do you feel like is lead flow a problem? Could you, do you have enough leads coming in? Lead flow can always, I don't, I am, I am a guy that's no, there's never enough leads. I mean, you know, but are you I, doing, are you doing as much marketing as you can right now? Can you do more? I can do more. You just haven't, you're, it's kind of like a dial that you're, you're you're not ready to turn up yet right because i'm having a big problem with the data providers to be honest with you hmm. a lot of the data is not accurate oh, like yeah. if you take the data from list i don't want to call on anybody but if you cuz i'll probably need them eventually down the road but if you take some of the data providers and take their data and you run it through the accuzip program the postal service program yep, yep. it's not even accurate well and who knows if the accuzip program is even accurate itself as well Right. And so what I suggest people, I don't, it's a, it's laborsome, you know, set up an iPostal account, get all your returned mail. And this is almost how crazy and obsessed with it I'm getting. Once I get a VA to do this for me, so you get it, you send out like 10,000 postcards, you get them all returned to iPostal account, they scan them for us. And you get, then you take that AccuZip file that you ran it against and compare all three, the original file, the AccuZip, what they said was vacant or not good. And then you, you compare it to your actual return. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you run it off percentages. You know, if you get 20, if you do 10,000, you, you know, 10,000 or 10% of those are going to be crap, you know, a thousand names. And it's just like, that's what bothers me the most is just the, the postcards just getting to the houses. Yeah, you shouldn't be worried about all that, though. You should get somebody else to worry about that for you. Don't you think? Yes. That's what I'm, the VA, once they're up and running, that's what they're going to bother me with. Or yeah. not bother me, but report Is back that, to me. Do you have a local assistant that can handle that? Not that volume, because, I mean, it, when you run, yes and no. Well, could you so, have a local assistant that manages the virtual assistant? You know what I mean? I don't want to throw in too many layers in there, but sometimes what I found for me personally, just if I want something done, that's a big project. I'll have my local assistant do it. And if she needs help 
have the virtual assistant do it. But she kind of manages that. But she's responsible for getting it done. Does that make sense? Yes. But um, that's interesting. You know, for, for direct mail, my philosophy has always been, man, just the simpler, the better. When you're pulling a list, the fewer criteria, the better. And I'm more of, and I'm, I know you already know this, but it's, I'm more of a, a property demographic type of list, right? Like if I'm sending a bunch of mail, I'm just going to send to the specific house and the specific zip codes that I want, right? I don't care about whether they're absentee owner, how much equity they have, how old the owners are. I find by, and especially with you, with your hyper-focus on St. Charles County, why not just mail everybody? Every couple months. Uh, every couple months is a little bit redundant. I was doing that the first half of 2017. You know, I was mm-hmm. dropping probably 60,000 postcards a month. Okay. You know, and that's why this is all kind of ties in with the good data. I mean, after you drop 60,000 postcards three months in a row, 180,000 times 0.4, you know, that's, that's a lot. That's why you want your data to be accurate when you get to those levels. And that's why it's so... I was, to back to your question, I was doing that. I mean, I was dropping out quite a bit of postcards slash letters. But, you know, it's right. just, it didn't matter. I mean, it didn't, it didn't, I mean, it didn't, I didn't see my deal. I mean, yeah, your calls volume are naturally going to increase, but are your deals going to increase? And I didn't see it. And, you know, it, mm. um, do you, you, know, you, uh, do you, have you ever heard of Chris Richter? Mm-hmm. Have you talked to him? Yeah, I was on his. I used to use his list. Okay, all right. I'm not going to get into why I stopped. But uh, yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we can cut that part out. <laughs> Chris is a good dude, smart man. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because um, I want I want to start wrapping this up a little bit. You know, the the first thing I was thinking about when I was looking at the stuff you filled out on the on the questionnaire, Brad. Do you know of anybody? in the country that's kind of doing what you want to do is, is lending is doing fix and flip on a big scale, you know, who's doing 150, 200 grand a month that uh, you look at them and think, man, I'd, I'd like to have what they have, or I like their business. Do you know anybody like that? Um, that size that's doing it all. There's a guy up that I like. There's a couple guys. There's one guy up in Oregon named Joe Taylor. Yeah, um, I know Joe. He fix and flips, wholesales, and lends. Um, and then, as far as off the trifecta, I'm trying to. There's a guy I know. His name, his first name is Frank, and I'm going to send you his contact info. Um, I think, and I really like this guy. The way he runs his business, he's a he's a, he's a machine, very efficient very business minded, super smart. Like if I could come, well, I was almost going to say like, if I could come back into this world and be somebody else, I'd want to be him, but that's not entirely true. I want, I'd want to be me if I came back Uh, because, but like this guy is super smart and just thinks at just a different level. And uh, I was thinking about him and I might suggest that you approach him and ask if you could pay him a buttload of money to get some consulting from him because it's going to be worth every penny of it. No matter what he's asking for, it'll be worth every single penny of it, and you'll, you'll get it back 10 times. But this guy, 
super smart. And you might find that uh, just seeing what somebody else is doing and modeling that, you know, because I can help you with the tools. And but I'm not, I'm not the guy lending a bunch of money and doing a bunch of fix and flips. I'm more of a lifestyle guy, right? Like, and that's one of the things I wanted to challenge with you as well. Think about the lifestyle that you want to have and just write that down. And think about when, it, when you're looking at this business you want to create, which comes first, the business or your lifestyle? Can you have both? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's just that's a different for, for everybody, right? But like, you're so smart, Brad. I don't think you need to be working as hard as you are. That's, I've always known you as like one of the hardest working wholesalers, at least in St. Louis, for sure. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, you don't have to work that hard. You don't have to make that much money. And if it means like you have to work that hard to make that much money, well, what are you sacrificing? And you've got two awesome kids, an amazing wife, and why is she stuck with you for as long as she has? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I, I, I'm just, that was a, not a nice thing to say. Like, but, right. but it's the truth. Like why my wife is stuck with me for as long as she has. Thank God. You know, it's all, it's just the mercy of God, but like, just make sure you're not losing focus of that priority. What's really important, you know, like Sam Walton, the last day that he, of his life, the day he died, he said, I don't know if you heard this or not, but he said, I blew it. Those were one of his last words. I blew it. He had uh, daughters and sons that didn't like him, that he didn't know anything about them. Uh, he had all the money in the world, the most successful business in the world, you know, was just admired by hundreds and thousands of people, millions of people, but like on his deathbed, he said, I blew it. Nobody's ever said, you know, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have worked harder. And they're looking back over their life, right? They're, they look back over their life and think, man, if I could have just, I wish I could have spent more time with my kids. I wish I could have seen more of their sports and, and activities and hung out and spent more time with them. Not trying to lay a guilt trip or anything, but like if, as you're thinking about growing and expanding your business, make sure you've got like the vision for your life written down first. And that's the center of everything you're doing. And that you're building a business around that vision, not the other way around, right? You shouldn't have it where your life is kind of just filling in the gaps and your business is the center of everything. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. You know, there's, I, I think about life in there and I know you've heard you know, Sean, we know Sean talk a lot about that, but um, don't forget that. Don't forget that stuff. But I'm going to email you this guy's name and number. His name is Frank, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about him offline because I didn't get his permission to talk about him mm -hmm. on the podcast. And uh, I don't think he's going to appreciate a ton of people contacting him like if I were to talk about him. But I like this guy a lot, and I think you would like what he's doing and how he's doing it because he's doing a lot of lending. He's doing a lot of rehabbing, and he's found a way to scale his business with proper with systems. So he's not working his tail off. And I think I think that would be – somebody that uh, would be really good fit for you. Does that make sense? Perfect. Perfect sense. Well, Brad, let me just ask you, like of this conversation we've had, what's been the most helpful? I think you bring it put in perspective. That's what I think. I guess I didn't, what my goals were, I didn't realize what my goals were, but I needed quite a bit of perspective on things. And uh, 
I mean, we get into the nitty gritty technical side of things, but you, you reminded me about what's actually really important. Yeah. And it kind of slowed me down and it made me think because I, uh, as you were talking, I was uh, thinking about it and it caught myself daydreaming about, you know, my kids and my wife. So it was you mentioned uh, something a while ago to me about getting an RV and going somewhere for a couple months. Do you remember that? Yeah. So we were, we were talking, well, I reached out to you. So about the homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked you, cause my wife and I want to do, I want to do it. And she's slowly getting on board Asia for a month to two months. Wow. Um, because you know, they're in a different hemisphere. So we would do it during January yeah, and uh, February. Cause we want it during like their spring or their summer or whatever it is. And yeah. so I would, I would, but my, my wife is pretty, you know, my son is, you know, he's going to be in first grade. So I wanted to take care of that. Like not so much argument, but like discussion topic because she's going to address it with me. I wanted to get like an answer for her ready. Uh-huh. Well, here we can do this. And you know, our children can, yeah. You know, we can. How old are your kids? Harrison just turned six, uh, three days, four days ago. And Kennedy will turn three in February. Oh man. They're perfect ages. So it'll be what four and seven, but when we go have another kid while you're over there, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I am not, (laughs) uh, I'm going to pass on that one. I'm going to get executive privilege on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great idea, man. We went to Europe with our four kids uh, when our youngest was one year old and we were there for almost three months, four kids, right? And two of them were in strollers. So talk about a lot, trying to get around town in public. Especially Europe, yeah. Uh, with four kids and two of them in a stroller. Oh, man, it was so much fun. And the memories. And, you know, just the bonding that you have with your family. You grow closer together. Um, and they say, you know, like, I've heard this so many times. Like, you grow closer together with the ones you love when you're faced with challenges, Right. Right. And uh, nothing is more challenging than traveling around the world with your family. And your business will never be perfect, like where you can just get up and go, you know, but it, it doesn't take much to get it to where you can just pick up and go and spend just a couple hours a day. You know what I found when I was in Europe it was so cool is like, because of the time zone change when I was there, because we've been there four times as a family, twice for two or three months, once for six months. The last two times with our kids. Anyway, I only had like three hours where I could work because of the, the time zones were the same when I could talk to my team here in St. Louis. And uh, the cool thing was I got tons of stuff done. Like I was so hyper-focused during those three hours and I was exhausted by the end of them. But I was getting a whole day's work done in like three or four hours. And if it just couldn't get done in that time, then it wasn't important. And I really enjoyed it. I felt kind of guilty sometimes because I could get all this work done and I only worked a few hours. So I think you might find that while you're traveling, you can still do some work, but keep your expectations low. You're not going to work the eight to 10 hours a day that you're working now, but you're going to be able to just kind of naturally figure out, okay, what's the most important thing I got to do? Because you only have a small time window to do it in. And, uh, but use that time to travel to spend as much time with your wife and your kids and seeing as much of Asia as possible, getting a gazillion pictures and videos, you know, right. Um, oh, that'd be a blast. And, and the homeschooling 
at this age is especially easy. You know, we had to bring homeschooling books for, for three of our four kids. And uh, yeah, that was, that was quite an adventure. We had to bring a ton of books, but it'll be easy for you. Huh? So uh, talk to your wife about that, man. I mean, it, it may take some time for her to get on board, but. Yeah, I figure I have um, a good two to three months before airline tickets go on sale. So, because they go on about eight to nine months before the actual flight leaves. And so, you know, Korean huh. Air or, yeah, Korean Air, fly to San Fran and then fly out to Hawaii. Or, yeah, I mean, I, I've got it all, dude. I, I am, I am prepared. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I've got my little mind map going and like I'm just kind of feeling that objection about the homeschooling. And, um, you know, I've got to figure out. That's why I want to lend too. I kind of actually we're covering a lot here, bringing this all back in. Yeah. Um, circle in the wagon. That's why I want to lend because I don't, um, yeah. you know, I don't have to worry about the pipes bursting. You know what I mean? Especially the last three weeks, how it's been here. It's so cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and huh. yeah, dude. I, I like that, man. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying with the creating a vision for your life first, right? Because that's what I did when, when I first went through that whole process of going through life in there with Steve and Sean was uh, what do I want to do. And one of the things we wrote down is we want to travel the world. I don't want to wait till I'm retired before I start traveling. Right. And I want to, when my kids are gone, right. Like I'm not going to be able to get them to travel and go places with us to see the world when they're in their thirties and in their jobs and, and uh, doing, they got kids of their own, but like, let's go live that kind of retirement lifestyle today. And you're not just drinking Mai Tais and lounging on the beach all day either. You can still work. You can you're still living work. life. Yeah. But in, in another country, in another culture. Yeah. Right. So then I started to ask myself, all right, this is what we want to do. How can we do it? How can I create a business that allows me to do that? And you just really start thinking outside of the box and thinking differently. And you realize, you know what? I don't need to make a million dollars a year to do that. If you eliminated your debt and you were just – like if you could make 30 grand in your sleep, Brad, a month, right? You can do 30 grand a month in your sleep. And if you had zero debt, you'd be living in the top half of 1% uh, of the entire world. I know. And our president just gave us a 14%, you know, yeah. tax or raise, <laughs> pay raise. So it's like permanent, which is the beauty of it. It's not a temporary tax cut. It's a permanent corporate tax cut. Yeah, yeah. Or you could just move to Abu Dhabi. In the United Arab Emirates, right? Not pay any taxes ever on anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, start thinking bigger, man. And uh, homeschooling, uh, especially at that age, that's an easy problem to fix. There's a lot of really good programs out there. We use a program called Heart of Dakota, and it is faith-based. But the thing I like about it, my wife loves it. It's not like a ton of uh, prep work that you have to do in advance. Like it just lays out everything for you. You buy the books that they want you to buy. And uh, especially at the younger age, you don't have that many books. But uh, you just open the book to the day that you're supposed to be working. And it it just tells you, go to this book for this topic and, and cover these pages and do these problems, you know, or whatever it is. And it's super easy, super easy. And you don't have to, your wife doesn't, or you don't have to be college educated with a degree in education or, you know. You that's know. good. Cause I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said that. Yeah, um, thanks. No, but like, you don't have to, uh, don't feel like 
you're not qualified because you're a parent, you are qualified. That's the only qualification and certification you need. All right. You're, my wife is, she's like a master or a doctor in something. No, she is. She's a doctor in physical therapy. So. <laughs> but uh, cool, man. Well, Brad, um, Quick I'll question, though. For, I mean, I know you've been coaching a long time. Do, I, do you think I have anything of value to add if I even go down that coaching path? Because it's something, I, you know, I've been puttering around with for yeah. the past several years. I mean, well, man, you're I, doing, I think you do. I love your – I want the word that comes to my mind is like uh, balls to the walls. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, screw it. I'm just going to do a bunch of it, right? Like, I know you know what you're doing, but when you're first getting started is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, sort it all out. Yeah, it just yeah you'll just figure out. it out as it, as, as it goes. Like, you'll, you're going to jump from this building and figure out how to fly as you fall. And that is why you had so much success or have had so much success in this business. Like, when you got started, and I remember listening to your interview with Matt Terrio. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing, like, but you said to do it, and I'm just trusting it, and I'm going for it, and I'm doing it with everything I've got. And you crushed it. And that's sometimes, most of the time, the attitude you need to have to be successful in this business. And so if you could transfer that kind of determination and stick to itedness, and um, just like, <laughs> I did a podcast with a guy named Gregory Hodges and, and uh, his philosophy was real similar. It was like effort. And that was everything he, uh, whenever he, <laughs> he had any kind of obstacles, he's just like effort. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it. I'm a 10 X everything. And, um, it's a great podcast. Anybody listening to this should go listen, look at the one I did. The first one I did with Gregory Hodges. But anyway, if you could take that and, tr and teach people and coach people on how to do what you did and have that kind of attitude, I think you do really, really well as a coach. Think about like, how could you transfer that kind of thinking, you know, focus on more of that than the actual, like, uh, okay. Well, you know, let me just say this too. When, when you're traveling, it's harder to do traditional wholesaling while you're traveling. And it's easier to do coaching and consulting. It's probably easier to do lending, right? It's going to be harder to do fix and flip while you're traveling. So I'm not saying it can't be done. We did deals while we were traveling and I did coaching while we were traveling. I found that in, in the um, education business, it's easier to scale with limited staff the coaching business. I didn't want a bunch of overhead. I didn't want a bunch of staff. So that's why I love coaching. It's because it's easier to, it's easier in my opinion to scale, but that's kind of where my, that's the itch I like to scratch. I really enjoy doing this kind of stuff. So I could do the podcast. I can do coaching. And I even created courses while we were in Europe. I called it automated wholesaling. So yeah, because I'm going to that Russell Brunson's thing with my wife next month. Oh, really? You are? I'll be there but, too. Uh, sweet. Where you? Uh, are you flying? I guess Frontier. Then I guess we're getting off subject. I, I don't Frontier? know. It's like Orlando, but yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be there the whole four days. Anybody wondering what we're talking about? It's Flip uh, Funnel Hacking Live. You guys should go to that if there's still tickets available. But that, yeah, we'll definitely chat more while we're there, Brad. All right, bud. Hey, good talking to you, man. How can people get a hold of you, Brad, if they want to reach out to you? And uh, just go to my Facebook, B-R-A-D-D-O-N-L-E-Y, Brad Donnelly. Um, you can go to Einstein Investing. Einstein, like Albert Einstein on Facebook, on real estate, Einstein Real Estate. Facebook is the best way. I'm not on Instagram yet. I'm on Twitter, but I don't even know how to check it on my phone yet. I'm improving on a lot of that. But <laughs> Facebook, 
Um, friend me on Facebook, Brad Donnelly on Facebook. That'd be the best. And All right, man. Good talking nice to you, Brad. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk some more soon. Take care. All right, bye. Hey, everybody, listen. If you want to get some help of your own, right, if you want to uh, talk to me and somebody on my team about getting some one-on-one coaching and help, uh, I just have a real simple page where you can fill out a, a little survey to answer some questions about you. Go to coachjoe.net, coachjoe.net. And uh, tell us a little bit about you, what, what you're doing now, what your goals are, what's holding you back. We'll get on the phone and talk to see if we might be a good fit. And uh, if we are, then uh, we'll invite you to be part of our program. And uh, I, I'm very, very excited about what we're doing. We're seeing people all over the world, literally right now, doing deals. And uh, we do our best to kind of just teach and educate and hold people accountable and, and help them get unstuck. And so if that's, you feel like you want some help, just go to coachjoe.net, coachjoe.net, fill out a little bit of information about you yourself, and then we'll get on the phone and chat, see if we're a good fit. All right, guys, we'll see you all later. Take care. God bless. Bye.